Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Guilt, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness often result in all kinds of physical, emotional, and spiritual sickness. The result of that can lead to depression, stress, anger, all kinds of physical sickness, GI stuff, heart stuff, blood pressure, all kinds of things. So if, if there is a sickness in my life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sometimes it's because I have sin and I refuse Ask God to forgive me. It was often assumed in the Jewish culture that any and every illness in a person was a direct result of their sin. We read in the Gospel of John when the disciples ask, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In today's message, Pastor Mark addresses a very important misconception regarding illness. We'll learn that although some illnesses can be traced to sin that we refuse to deal with, none of us are condemned directly by our sin. Today, Pastor Mark encourages us to take our guilt or anger to the Lord in repentance before it begins to take its toll on the body, mind, and spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, with his continuing study entitled, The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. Let us hear your lessons for Back in 1997, just as we got the church started, I had open heart surgery. Nothing ever wrong with me. Took my chest apart, didn't even know if I was going to make it or whatever. Didn't have a heart attack, but I had arteries placed in. Cut my legs, and ever since then, I take one little medicine. I don't have high blood pressure, a little cholesterol medicine. Who healed me? Well, the surgery healed me. But who gave the surgeons the brilliance to do me? God. The little medicine. Who came up with that? You said, Pastor Mark, what kind of person are you that take medicine? A smart person. <laughs> a person that can speak to you now versus a bourbon shake. <laughs> so we know that happens. Amen? Yeah. Praise God for doctors this morning. Uh, we have people and it's just ridiculous. Now, ultimately, can God heal me without a doctor? You'll see that? Absolutely. Second way God heals us, through natural body processes. You say, what do you mean by that? Here's the way I say that. Man can sew you up, but God's the one that heals you up. Uh, while we were in Israel, one night toward the end, I was moving some luggage around and got off balance and, and fell and I got a rug burn. Anybody ever had a rug burn? Ah! That's why we have no rugs in our house now. We have these tile floors and stuff. Forget it. But that's about 10 days to go. I have brand new pink skin. Like a baby's bottom. Ladies, fall down, rub your face. Oh, let, let's move on. You see, how, how, how is this happening? 
It's a natural process of healing that God's put in our body. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what happens. See, a doctor can set a bone, but who heals it? God. It's amazing. And number three, God also heals miraculously. You and I have seen that. All of us have experienced that. One time I took my wife to a hospital, ovarian cyst, back uh, when we lived in Merritt Island. She was going the next day. They had already done two x-rays, and she was going the next day to have it removed. So we just prayed. And we went down. They said, we're taking one more x-ray uh, just before we know so we can finalize where it is. Took the x-ray. There's no cyst. I danced out of the hospital. <laughs> I was the director of pharmacy. They're looking at me. What? They said, God healed. And that testimony impacted lots of people. But I remember when I was growing up, my mother had breast cancer pastor's wife. People from everywhere prayed for her. She died in her early 40s. See, I don't, I don't understand it, but I knew God supernaturally can heal. So here's the last thing I want you to write. All healing comes from God. All healing ultimately comes from God. It is supernatural. Even the rug burn, it's supernatural, and, and it's received by faith. Now, understand why do I say all healing comes from God? It's the Lord that heals. It's not the oil. It's not the elders. It's not the praying of faith. It's not even the gift of faith or the gift of healing. It is the Lord. Now, see, when the elders are here and there's going to be prayer counselors at all of our campuses at the end, they're going to be praying for you if you have a need. And lots of people think this. Well, the pastor is the one I want to go to. So you, you want to get in line for me. I'm not special. I don't have anything. It's the Lord that heals. Now, I was at the baptism yesterday. And a couple of people I, I didn't know, they, they came up to me and they said this, you are short. <laughs> Thank you. So I guarantee they will not be in the line for me to pray for them this morning. <laughs> You're short. What if I'm 6'5", you have faith in me? What's up with that? Don't ever think it's you. And by the way, the prayer of faith, whose faith is it? turns God on. It's not the person being prayed for, because you know when I'm sick, usually I don't have enough faith for that. It's the person who's praying for them that has the faith. God gives them that gift of faith as they pray for the individual. Now, so what do we do with all this healing stuff? Well, we're told to obey the word. We're told to come and pray. Don't be prideful this morning. Anytime you're sick and you have an issue, you just come. We ask people to pray for us, whether it's at home or in a small group or, or in the church. In the end, we pray for God to heal, but we just leave the results to who? God. I don't get bitter at God. I don't get angry at God. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. I just have to leave it with God. So when I, this is my personal kind of experience. When I pray for people, I usually don't use the word if God's will. I'm expecting God to heal. But I always tell the person, I don't understand it all. So I expect God to heal, and then I leave the result to our perfect God because he knows and does everything right. Now, look at the end of verse 15. This is very different, an area you don't normally go to. As, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, circle this next word, if. If he has sinned, he or she will be forgiven. So what is personal sin doing with sickness? 
Could there be a connection between my sin and me being sick? You're kidding me. Well, in the old days, the Jewish people, Jesus' time and before, had, they had a wrong belief. Here was their belief. If you were sick, every sickness was the result of your sin. Well, that's wrong. Job wasn't a sinner, and yet God allowed him to become sick. First John chapter 9, the blind man. It wasn't because he had sinned or his parents had sinned. It was just what happened. So can I ask you to write this this morning? And you will begin to understand that as we unpack it. Here we go. Sometimes we are physically sick, emotionally, mentally. We are sick because of our unconfessed sin. Not every time. See, that's ridiculous, condemning. Well, you're up here getting prayed for. There must be a sin. Tell me the sin. Come on, tell me the sin. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. But sometimes it is true. Here's what we know medically. You know, that was my feel, as I told you, for many, many years. Here's what we know. Guilt, unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness often result in all kinds of physical, emotional, and spiritual sickness. The result of that can lead to depression, stress, anger, all kinds of physical sickness, GI stuff, heart stuff, blood pressure, all kinds of things. So if, if there is a sickness in my life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sometimes it's because I have sin and I refuse to ask God to forgive me. Some of you this morning are still angry at God because you prayed for a loved one and the loved one died. That anger cause is an effect on you here in Melbourne and here in Sebastian. It's still hanging on. You have to learn to confess it. Now, let me give you an example. King David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and he refused, he absolutely refused to confess it. So King David went one year with unconfessed sin. Did it have any effect on his life? We're going to read it this morning. It affected him mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Take a look. The first few verses you find up here in Psalm 32 is the solution. What happened? Watch this. Oh, what joy for those who obedience is forgiven. Disobedience is forgiven. He finally went to the Lord. Yes, what whose sin is put out of sight. God forgave him. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. So those verses are preemptive. He says this, when I finally came to God and got rid of it, man, the guilt is gone and I'm living open honesty in front of God. But look what happened for the year before it. Some of you are living in that this morning. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. You see depression in that? Do you see physical things in that? No strength, no zip, no joy for today. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Now, why was God in dealing with him? To try to get him to what? Confess. So he could be free. Then look at this. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat for one whole year because he refused to admit the sin that he committed. Let's go on. Finally, I confessed all my sins, notice, to you, God, and stopped trying 
This is for some of you this morning. To stop trying to hide my guilt. You cannot hide anything from God. I can hide lots of stuff from people. But you cannot hide anything from God. And I said to myself, finally came to his, his self, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. See, sometimes Satan will say this, you confess that to God, he won't forgive you. No, 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 no. God always forgives. Watch this. And you forgave me and my guilt is gone. That's freedom. That's the goal. That's what God wants in our life. And sometimes it's not just because we're sick, not just because of the crazy world we live in, we're all going to get sick. It's simply the understanding that this spiritual thing is really the response that I need to take. I need to do something. Look at verse 16. Therefore, because of this, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So here's number four, our last one for this morning. Confess and pray... Prayer is always part of it. When there is sin and sickness. Not just sickness. But when you, when I realize there's a sin, there's an area in my life. Usually it's emotional, it's relational to other people. Marriages, many marriages this morning, dissolving because there's unforgiveness in the marriage. Sin requires me, me, Me to confess. Confess simply says this. Confess means to say the same thing. So God's saying to me, to David, David, confess what you did. Well, I kind of had this affair. No, David, let's, let's do it the way it should be biblical. It's not affair anymore. Extra fling today. I committed adultery. Use the right word. Admit what you did. And then God absolutely will forgive us. See, nothing's hid. Now, I want to go through something. I think it's very important. Who did David pray to first? God. So when I have a sin in my life and I need to confess it, uh, I need to pray to God first. All sin is originally against God. Do, Do you get that this morning? Campus to say yes or no. You get it? All my sin is originally against God. Now, why do I go to God and confess? Because there's only one person that can forgive my sin. Who is that? It's God. So that's why you don't come and confess your sin to me. We don't believe that you have to go to, to a priest or a religious person to confess your sin. Because your sin is not against me. I'll give you an exclaimer about that in a moment. Your sin is against God. So the Bible says this. There is one mediator between God and man, and it's Jesus Christ. So we don't go to a priest to confess our sins. You don't come to me to confess my sins. I I can say, thank you so much. I'm glad you confessed. I can't forgive you. Only God can bring forgiveness. You got it. Now then, why does it say we're to confess to one another? Well, because sometimes my sin against God was against somebody else as well. I've hurt them. For instance, we don't know what happened, but in this case, who should David have confessed to second? Nathan, who he lied to as the prophet. Also Bathsheba. He's the one that took her. So if this morning you've said something or done something against someone or this and that and the other, and God is convicting you, 
You've lost your joy. You lost your peace. Maybe you're sick, and God's saying to you, look, you can be healed in all of this, but you have to admit what you did to me. You do that privately. And then, if my sin affected somebody else, Matthew 18, I go to them and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Now, we're not talking about little things. Not maybe a thought that went through your mind. You're talking about something that actually impacted somebody. So I should go to them and absolutely ask them to forgive me. You see, when I do that, understand this statement, and I want you to write it down. God never designed us to be sick mentally, emotionally. Notice. Notice this next statement. Confession, prayer, and forgiveness is healing for everyone. Why would I want to do life, feel drained out of my life? Every morning I'm going, man, I just want to forget life. Sometimes it's because I have sinned and it's affected other people. And like I said, in marriages and relationships and jobs and all kinds of things. So James interestingly connects confession and prayer and healing. What kind of healing came to David? Body, soul, and spirit. For some of you this morning, depression may be caused by your anger at God. Your marriage dissolved in spite of you praying. It's not God's fault. It's the other person's fault. And see, if, if you will just ask God to forgive you of that, God does all things right. If you'll just go and humble yourselves, then God will minister to you. Now, sometimes I'm just, I haven't sinned, but I'm, I'm kind of maybe just emotional and and anxious and whatever. Look at that verse again. I think this is huge. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Here's the reason for the church again. We're connected to each other. That's the power of being in a small group. When you have temptations and trials and things, in that small group, I can share my fears, or I can just say in this group, you know what, this week I had to, it might happen to you this week in your small group. We're not talking about a small group where you're sitting there and, okay, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Pretty soon we have everybody confessing all their sins and go, I just get out of here. Not talking about that. We're talking about when you have temptations, and anxieties. You can say at the end, you know what? These seven people, 12 people, would you just pray for me? I, I need strength for today. So we pray for one another. Don't even have to be, there's no sin. It's just weakness, who we are. That's why you need to be connected to a church. See, Satan's goal is to do two things. Get you out of connection with God, no quiet time, and get you out of connected to a church. So that's why we have today the problem in our churches. Every three or four weeks, people show up at church all around the United States now. Well, what are they doing in the meantime? Satan's just beating them up, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of things happening. The importance of a small group. We share with one. What happens in a small group? You take your mask off and you get real. Isn't it amazing David thought that he could hide his sin from all-knowing God? But some of you have been doing that. And you need to be freed. And that's what God's desire is. He wants to heal us. In fact, the Old Testament said he sent his word and healed them. Now, we've learned a lot of things this morning. Bottom line, our prayers need to be God-centered. We trust God's will. He knows what's best. And I'm going to ask you to write this down because I think you need to understand it. If you're a Christian this morning following Jesus, it's simply a win-win situation. It's a win-win situation. 
I don't understand everything. I know I'm going to die one day and that's the rapture comes. That's okay. In between now and then, God heals. He frees me. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I get my health back. I get my zeal back. I get life back. I love getting up in the morning and facing another day. That's powerful for us. And what's the other part of the wind situation? When I get to heaven, I have a new body. No more sin. None. From now on, here's what some of you are trying to do. Look how much care we take over this crazy body. Some of you get Botox shots, you know? I know some of you are going to get angry at me now and give me an email or whatever. Let's relax. When I get to heaven, it's a win-win. Thank you, Jesus. Can I hear an amen from all of our campuses? That's right. Again, if you had Botox, it's okay. God forgives sin. Okay, now let's move on. It's only a win-win if you understand this next statement. It's only a win-win unless you understand this last statement. Here it is. The most important healing in our lives is not physical. It's not emotional. It's not financial. It's spiritual. It doesn't matter. Everybody's going to die. Unless you have taken care of your sin, you will die not only, you are dead now, spiritually, you will die eternally, separated from God. If you're here in the balcony, in the commons, in the cafeteria, and you've never taken care of your sin, you've never asked Jesus to come in, then you're dead spiritually. You might be 100% alive and healthy as a horse, but you're headed to an eternity without God. Could I say to you this morning, you just do it when we're going to ask lots of people to come down front, you just get over here and ask God to heal you. He'll forgive you of your sins. Your life can be changed. Now, we know this truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at this verse, first one, Hebrews 13, 8. Read it with me out loud. All of our campuses, here we go. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and when now and, and today and forever. He's the same. Now look at this next one, Luke 5, 17. One day as he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. This is what I prayed all weekend for us. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. The power of the Lord is present in Melbourne, in Vieira, in Sebastian. You watch it on. The power of the Lord is here to heal you of your sickness and to heal you of your sin. At the campus this morning, God's here. How can I believe that? Look at the last one, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them intently and said this, humanly speaking, it's an impossibility. But with God, everything is possible. Hallelujah. Many of us have experienced the adverse effects of harboring guilt or anger. In today's message, we learn from Pastor Mark that it's the harboring of our sin that affects our health, and not the sin itself that can cause illness. In our study, Pastor Mark discussed how our health can quickly go south when we refuse to deal with our sin by taking it to our all-loving, all-forgiving Father who frees us from our guilt. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will continue in this study entitled The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. Not only will we learn about how prayer helps us as individuals, but we'll also learn how it builds up and restores our brothers and sisters in the faith. Whether it's a loved one wandering from the faith or our own lack of zeal, we'll learn there's no better way to restore than through the power of prayer. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Yeah.